Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. What is happening on the Tuesday in Jacksonville? Day two of training camp 2022 in the books for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That, of course, remains the big story for us. But we're also hanging out a little baseball game here uh, with ESPN 690 at the uh, Coastal Collegiate Baseball League playoffs. They'll crown a champion tomorrow. And uh, I've been on the road all summer. Uh, Fran Delaney's been trying to get us out here. And so here we are. Uh, we came out uh, for the postseason. We'll be here this afternoon to keep you updated on uh, what's going on here with this uh, second year of the uh, Collegiate Baseball League in Jacksonville. They have these all over the country, really. And so now Jacksonville is on board as well. Brent Martino, Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter, back in the studio. Hi there, buddy. Hello there. <laughs> A long time no, no <laughs> speak. I, I said that slowly and hesitantly, like... <laughs> you weren't sure. <laughs> is yeah. he still, like, cruising? Well, you know, or it's, what? It's been weird for me. I feel like I've been stalking you guys, just chasing you from platform <laughs> to platform, trying to try to participate. <laughs> well, we appreciate the input from a distance. Sure, uh, sure. been able to do that. Hey, here's the deal, guys. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of football, obviously, on the show, but uh, do you guys have friendly wagers on whether my truck or I get hit by a foul ball? Like, I am in the go zone <laughs> for a foul ball. Like, I couldn't figure out where to go exactly here because I don't want to be too close to the action because then I'm just going to be yapping the entire time, and people don't want to hear that probably. Well, I hope they do, but probably not uh, while they're hitting. But, like, I am – if you're a right-handed hitter, like, this is where most foul balls go. I'm about uh, 40 feet from – well, I would say – let's say I'm about – let's say 60, 70 feet from home plate. Casey, is it possible at all to run down like a bullseye target over to Brent in the parking lot? (laughs) (laughs) You could just draw one on the feet, on this new and improved feet that you guys have been working on. Can you draw now on the feet? We're trying right now. (laughs) If there could be a telestrator, maybe we could make that happen. Um, But anyway, there's a decent chance. Now, my front windshield's already cracked anyway, so I was like, yeah, what the heck, who cares? Um, but we'll see if I end up with one. And my back is to it. Now, I'm not going to get crushed by a line drive, but it will hurt if it's a, a, a pop-up. I see a kid with a glove. I think I might just hire him as my security from baseballs. Not anybody else, but just from baseballs. So uh, here we are at Atlantic Coast High School. That's where they've hosted a bunch of these uh, events. So, Aaron, how you doing, man? You been good? Man, I'm so good. You know, I was gone for a while. You were gone for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and I was gone for a while. I was on a cruise. That was Maybe the best family vacation I've ever taken in my entire life. Really? And that was your first cruise? That was my first ever cruise. And, and man, we went on one of these Disney cruises. Boy, did they do that thing up. Super special. I mean, they really know how to make you feel like a VIP in that place. I tell you what, man, I've said it before. Like, the Disney cruise, you're paying for it now. No, oh, yeah. You might not have. But I, mean, like, I didn't. But I know <laughs> people do, yeah. But you pay for it, but it's good. Like, yeah. it is good. And, oh, man. Uh, Everyone's a star on that thing. Yeah, man, it's good. good. So the kids had a fun? Oh, my God, they had a good... But the details, the the attention to details was off the chart. It's off the chart. Everything from, like, the crown molding in the room to the stitching on the blanket, everything was great. And, of course, the kids had a great time. You know, my daughter is... for One of my daughters, I have two daughters, one of them is four years old. So she brought her uh, her whole princess treasure box with her, right? So, like, every night she's walking into a different event, dressed as a different princess... On these cruises, I, I don't know if they do it at the theme parks, too, but if you walk into one of their events dressed like a princess, all the people, all the cast members, they don't want to call them employees, they call them cast members, 
they stop and they give you a round of applause and announce the princess has entered the room. That's awesome. I don't know if you've ever seen a four-year-old's head explode, but I saw it multiple <laughs> times that, that, that week. That is so cool, man. Pure joy from the kids is a, is a it was cool amazing. thing to get. You it don't get it a lot, by the way. Like, I'm talking pure, genuine joy yes. that you can see. Yes. And it happens sometimes at four. happens probably more when you're, like, under five. And then you get it, like, once between six and 12, and you're maybe a half a time. Yeah. After that. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, uh, but that is really kind of fun, and that's cool. Uh, is See, Disney is an interesting place for me. My family loves Disney. Like, going all the way back to my mom. Wow. My mom was like a Disney freak. And these are Northeastern people. These aren't oh, like Floridians. Yeah. Okay. But she loved, like, all the movies. And, and, I mean, always still playing Disney movies to this day. And just loved going down there when we could. I and mean, we didn't go down a lot. But that was like, my first real trip was to Disney, I think, in, like, fifth or sixth grade. And she surprised us uh, and didn't even know until we were, like, getting on the plane. And so, you know, they, eventually they would go down more and more. Well, then we moved down here and we get the Disney Pass for a year. And I was like, I never want to go to Disney again. <laughs> like, I never. And, and by the way, like, I'm not like this crazy Disney guy to begin with. Right. But, like, now I start getting, like, angry it, Disney guy. You, get, you, you get know? a little itchy. When you I'm start like the anti, anti-Disney guy. <laughs> like, it, it's like Steph and the kids still want to go to Disney, and they love it. And, by the way, they're out in, like, California, Steph and Kaylee, and they're going to Disneyland just to go. Yeah. And say they were there. Like, that's Steph and Kaylee especially. And even Ty doesn't mind going. But I'm not in. I'm like, okay, go ahead, guys, go. And they know, like, I think they'd rather go without me now because I'm just going to eventually, I'm not, I'm not a miserable guy, but I'll, I probably will rain on their parade Yeah, you're ruining the fun, Brent. A little bit. But here's the thing. This is what I really want to get to. You go to a cruise in a Disney cruise, and that is, that might have been the happiest place on earth. Oh, the biggest yeah. misnomer is Disney being the happiest place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> like, Disney is the happiest place on earth from about, like, 9 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. And then it starts to slowly transition. And by 7 o'clock at night, it's like the most miserable place on earth. You've yeah. got kids crying. Oh, you've yeah. got parents tired. You've got parents probably yelling at other parents. It's mob scene. Like, that's, Disney's a weird place like that. Like, it's really, there's a lot of cool things. But that part of Disney is true. Like, it, it, there's only, it's half the day that it's the happiest place on earth, in my opinion. I mean, I'm with you. One of my first experiences at Disney was with my uh, family. We went to the theme parks. My mom was in charge of getting the tickets, and she was this whole thing. She needed to take the kids. She wanted to see all their faces. But, you know, my mom's one of these old school ladies where she's going to get her value, right? Like, she comes, she comes from the school of if she spent 100 bucks on something, she's going to get all $100 out of this purchase. And That's I fair. tell you, man, we show up at the park. They call it rope drop. You familiar with what that is? No. So rope drop is when, like... The, oh, I know what you're talking. Yeah, the opening hours, like yeah, the yeah, pregame, yeah. right? But only some people, they get to go in the park and, like, enjoy all the rides while nobody's there. So, like, we show up for rope drop. We have no business being there, by the way. We don't have, like, any access or anything. So now we're just sitting around for an hour. We finally get into the park. We're walking around for two or three hours. I'm, like, done with it at that point, right? But my mom is like, nope, time for lunch. So, like, rather than go to a restaurant on the premises, this woman, bless her heart, <laughs> makes us walk back to the parking lot. To eat out of the trunk of her SUV. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Mom, you're yeah, They're not scamming her. <laughs> not on this day. <laughs> She's not paying 17 bucks for French fries. No, thank you. So, you know, we're just sitting there miserable in a 170-degree parking lot trying to eat ham sandwiches. And all I'm thinking about is, like, all these ice cream cones I'm not having, these, all these pieces of chocolate my kids aren't going to have. I'm, this is the worst experience. 
But finally, you know, we end up going without all the restrictions when we went on the cruise. We were just able to have a vacation, and it was perfect. It the was cruise great. is cool. The cruise it was and fantastic. It's, short. it's not like super long either, and I think that helps. I mean, I, I guess there are varying days, but you can go kind of pretty quick uh, with the cruise. All right, a couple more uh, real quick things on Disney since we're here. Um, like, Steph is the person that she has been to Disney like 100 times probably more. Wow. Yet she still has to do everything on the freaking map. Oh, a lot of people are like that, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's 2 in the morning, and we're still at Disney for extra hours or whatever the hell that thing's called. <laughs> like, I mean, magic hours, I think. Oh, the magic hours. I hate the magic hours. <laughs> my gosh. The magic hours are the worst. And so Steph great. is like, it's like the, the cool thing about Steph, like if you, it's like the first time she's ever been to Disney every time she goes to Disney. <laughs> Like, how does that happen when you've been to a place like a hundred and something times? Like, is that what happens at, like, a Dave Matthews Band concert? I mean, like, those are the people. you've been like, a hundred times and it's still, like, your first one? But those are the people you want going to Disney, right? Like, if you're <laughs> Disney, you're like, yes, bring those people who it's the first time every time for them. Right, yeah. me and you, we're going to get tired of waiting on those lines for an hour or two, having to schedule everything in the world. But the family is all about it. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. Like, now, and as you get a little old, like, do you respect? Is it is it more scam or are you just like impressed with what they're able to do? I'm honestly, I thought as I grew older that it would be more of a like a scam thing that I'm looking out for because you know as you get older you, you notice all the smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You go, oh, I know how they do this. All right, I, I, you know, this is a secret over here. But you're right. What ends up happening is you're just I'm amazed at like the joy it brought my family. Like it really did a lot. Look, I'm not a joyous person. If you know who you notice about me, I'm not the kind of guy who throws the word majestic around or magical or... You know, you and Casey get along so well. <laughs> I'd love to see Casey with the mouse ears on, by the way. But uh, I got to tell you, man, it was very magical. It was an amazing experience. So I know not everyone could go on these cruises. I mean, look, if Disney wasn't footing the bill, I probably couldn't go on a cruise. But if you got a chance to go... Boy, I'm telling you, it's got something for everybody, adults and kids alike. Yeah, it does. All right, one last one, guys. I'm not sure I'm more impressed with Bucky's or Disney on an operational day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just, I was in Daytona <laughs> the other day, and I went by the, and I, I've said this now twice, leaving the Bucky's in Daytona. I was like, can somebody please get me their, their book for just like a Sunday? It's, it's, it's amazing. It's impressive. I felt like I was actually entering Disney World. It took me that long to get to a gas pump. Yeah. I've never even, listen, I've been to Bucky's about four or five times now, never once for gas. Never once have I gotten gas at a Bucky's. Really? I'm there it for is like, cheaper. Look, there's, there's ambiance at Bucky's, Brent. <laughs> you want to go get some roasted cashews, man? You got to go to the Bucky's. You got you to gotta fill all that truck stop ambiance there. People I've watching, had, too. I've had a trouble figuring out Casey over the years, and I'm not sure where he falls on Disney. Like, I could see him at, he's eh, 24-ish. There's like, no probably way. still is, he likes Disney is my guess. Like, I bet he likes it more than we think. So where do you fall on Disney, Casey? Well, right now, he's uh, troubleshooting some emergency operations in the oh. back room. So, oh, he's not even there. Unfortunately, he's he's in the room. He's just on the phone with engineering. But oh, okay. I'll go ahead and answer for Casey. You're out of your mind, Brent. There's no <laughs> way. There's zero percent chance Casey loves Disney. Uh, well, I know, but he's married now, and Amanda yeah. might. Fair enough. Fair Maybe enough. Maybe Amanda will jump in. Do they like Disney? <laughs> no, they did just go to like Orlando and didn't go to Disney. They went to soccer instead. Yeah, that seems like if he liked Disney, he would have made time for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's talk some football um, along the way. The Jags uh, camp uh, day two, 
and uh, very similar to day one. A couple of bullet point notes out there from a Jags perspective. And uh, listen, this is heading down the road of Luke Fortner being the center. I mean, if you come out of the gates, Aaron, two days in a row to start camp, even though pads aren't on and really the offensive linemen aren't hitting anybody, and you line up the rookie third-round pick out of Kentucky at center in place of Tyler Shatley, who moves to left guard, and Ben Barches with the second team, I mean... That says something. It, that's saying something, right? Not I, I try not to read too much into week one, but I know they like him, and I know this is in their plans. What I didn't know is if it would be right off the rip in their plans. In fact, I did not expect it to be. I mean, this is right out of the gates, not in the spring, yeah. right out of the gates here in late July to start camp, that Fortner at center and Shatley at guard, and Barch kind of as a swingman fill-in replacement at the moment. And, you know, over the last year or two or even three, these camps have gotten shorter and shorter and less intense, which makes the time more valuable, right? So, like, the fact that they've got Fortner putting in all the work with the ones, it kind of, the writing's on the wall there. Yeah, but now a lot can still change because here's the deal. They got Juwan Taylor at right tackle. And I'm not sure I believe Juwan Taylor is going to be the opening day starter at right tackle. That's the best battle of camp. And, of course, again, I, I want to make sure we say this loud and clear we've had two and a half hours of practice okay <laughs> in, in two days that's a combined look like how hungry and we are though and, <laughs> and they don't even have pads on and when you talk about the offensive line the defensive line without put pads, pads it's on. really hard to sure. you know uh say too much about them but they're lining and i understand why they put taylor out there first he's the incumbent but i do believe there's a really good chance walker little beats him up right tackle i don't know how it's going to play out it's the best battle in camp and we'll see so just because they're putting Shatley there at left guard, he's the more tenured player, doesn't mean Ben Barch can't beat him out. Also, doesn't mean in a week or two and a half weeks and by the middle of August or that, that third preseason game for the Jags, really like number two real preseason game against the Steelers here at home, Fortner doesn't play that well, and then boom, Shatley goes right back over. The bottom line is they know what Shatley can do at center, and so it behooves them to put Fortner in to see what he can do and also Shatley how he plays left guard before making decisions. Again, we're six weeks away yeah. from making decisions. I just think this has a lot of foresight to it that could land Fortner at center, uh, Shatley at left guard. And although jo that's why I'd be careful here because Jawan Taylor is starting at the right tackle spot. I'm not sure it means he will be the right tackle. I just think it's so interesting, especially with all these teams now, especially on the defensive side of the ball, not so much on the offensive line side of the ball. You're seeing so many more rotations, teams who are playing six guys on that defensive line on a regular basis. And you got to wonder if maybe the philosophy in football is starting to go that way in the offense as well. Try not to gas your big guys. You want to rotate them in, rotate them out, make sure you have versatility on that line. If for no other reason, just injury succession planning. But, I mean, a lot of these guys are real versatile playing both guard positions or even both tackle positions. Well, you're not wrong. And, and Fortner, by the way, comes in like that, too. He comes out of Kentucky being able to play the, the interior. And the Jags do have a lot of flexibility. I mean, they feel like, first of all, Walker Little can play both tackle spots. Will Richardson can play, like, multiple positions. I think, like, every spot probably except for center on the offensive line. Uh, and he might be, like, their ninth offensive lineman. Uh, Sheriff's got it locked down at right guard. And then you do have Shatley also who can play the entire interior. So, yeah, there is a lot of position flexibility for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I guess what they know, they know. What they don't know, they're trying to see. And that's what this is for, especially early in camp. And so I, I think it's a great story. In fact, I think it's probably the biggest story to start camp. I, I think that Luke Fortner is at center. 
I really do. I mean, of course, Trevor's a big story and all the rest. But from a lineup perspective, I think that's the that's that's got to be talking. That's got to be thinking. I also think they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like, if you've got a guy like Trevor under center who you really need to take a step forward with confidence this year, you need him to be secure behind that line. And you've got the rookie in there with the ones. I mean, it says a lot about your faith in Luke Fortner. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, it says uh, a lot of, about what they could potentially do. And listen, make no mistake about it. They drafted this guy in the third round to be their center of the future. Sure. Uh, Brandon Linder retires, and Tyler Shatley's not their center of the future, but he's more than capable. And I think right now what you know is Tyler Shatley, and so you might trust that a little bit more. They're going to take a look at this. But it'll be a very interesting conversation today versus what happens in like two and a half weeks, three weeks. What does this look like by the middle of August uh, who's playing where? And quite frankly, you could see three different setups in what you're seeing right now. You could see Shatley back at center. You could see Barch at left guard. And you could see Walker Little out there with the ones uh, at the right tackle spot. So uh, I think it's a pretty good – well, it's a combination. I'd rather know who my guys are because that means they're seasoned and they've played together and there's probably some continuity there. That's that's That would be number one on the list. But I also think there's – a all this position flexibility, and I think there are some decent options for the Jags. Like, I don't think they have a lot of bad options on the offensive line where there are gaping holes. Now, some people might say that about right tackle and Jawan Taylor, but I don't think that's true. I, I think Jawan Taylor can play a capable right tackle position. I think people wish that he had played better so far in his career. So keep an eye on the offensive line. Uh, that certainly is, is a story of camp early on. Uh, and then there's always Trevor, right? What happened, Trevor, on Tuesday? Trevor, day two. And I'll tell you this. Aaron, the uh, the kid looks sharp, and uh, not many balls on the ground. He was throwing it well today. A lot of crisp passes. Like you look out there, and boom, the ball's popping. Uh, and so, a good start for Trevor Lawrence here to the camp. And I think that's as expected. I mean, the guy can really throw it. He's got a great tool set. I don't think this should surprise us, but I would say at least it's better than being alarmed by not looking sharp. And uh, as of now, uh, Trevor Lawrence looks pretty good. I don't know if Aaron left me. Oh, no, I'm still here, man. I'm sorry. I thought you were continuing to make your point. (laughs) That's all right. Um, uh, So, anyway, uh, that's the big stories is offensive line and uh, Trevor Lawrence looking good on uh, day two. We also spent a lot of time talking defense. Later on, uh, I will have a conversation with tight end Evan Ingram, and I thought he was fantastic today. Really a good personality. And I'll give you some stats on the tight end position of the Jacksonville Jaguars through the years. It will just be mind-blowing. You wouldn't believe us. Uh, if I told you, I actually told it to Evan Ingram today. And, uh, you know, some people say, hey, where's the ceiling? You don't have to go to the ceiling to eclipse the best year of a Jacksonville Jaguar tight end, at you least say from that a statistical again. standpoint. And so Evan Ingram could be a, a massive play here uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll visit with him football at 5 on the way, uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. We're also going to start taking a look at other divisions with some quick hitters and see what everybody's talking about because everybody's now reported to camp. So what are the big stories around the league that isn't Kyler Murray having to be forced to study uh, in his contract for $230 million, which I still uh, can't get over? Let's take a time out here on the show. Uh, We talk a lot of Jags. We will do that and uh, visit uh, with uh, some of the other NFL storylines. Uh, along the way. We are at Atlantic Coast High School. It's the Collegiate Coast, uh, Coastal Collegiate Baseball League, and it's their playoffs. It's uh, good to be on the road here on a Tuesday. We'll be right back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
right, welcome back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I think we're having a little issues with the microphones on the stream. I'm, Casey doesn't really want to tell me, but he's working on it. So, uh... Base, base... Oh. <laughs> he says he doesn't have an answer. I was going to tell you, Brent, basically I messed everything up when I put these new video cards in, I think, and we got a new computer, and there were all these settings we had to check, and we really... Don't know what we don't know until we get on the air. So I yeah, think we're on the fly. Yeah, I, th I think we've got it, but <laughs> time will tell. I'm sure the uh, the chat on the uh, stream will let us know as well. Those guys are often pretty good about letting us yeah. know where we mess up. All right, well, good stuff. We're on the radio, though, right? For sure. Yes, on the radio okay. for sure. So I'll keep talking like we're doing a show. That's good. Because um, that was a fun segment, first one, to be honest. <laughs> so I didn't, well, really what I wanted to know is do I have to say everything again? Yeah, let's just do it again. Like I thought I was pretty good. Look, I used to work on the news channel, and what they do is the same show every 15 minutes. So, why can't we? I am having a heck of a time trying to get an umbrella over the uh, equipment so it doesn't get too hot. And now I've got an umbrella over me, too. Well, I mean, you're the guy out the there in 175-degree right. heat today. And, so. and But I'm fine. Like, But I'm just trying to get this umbrella. And this dang umbrella, it's like, you remember like those parachutes you used to go, <laughs> like those third-grade things? Yeah, that, you, like gym class? You'd like wave them up and down and have to run under them. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Like, that yeah. thing was sweet, right? It was awesome. But, like, that day was the best. Why did they only do that, like, once a year? Really? It was, like, during Color War or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was great. And then you and go to the ballpark, and you see the, the field crew, like, <laughs> getting the rain tarp out, and you're like, when are they going to run under that thing? <laughs> well, I can't keep this dang umbrella <laughs> from flying away. Right now, it's my parachute. Okay, so uh, sorry, equipment. If you burn because you're on fire, I can't do anything about it. May also um, protect your windshield from an errant foul ball. Yeah, the guy, the guy's like, hey, you got foul balls landing to the left and right of you. I said, well, I haven't hit me yet. So, uh, <laughs> so far, see. so good. Uh, we will see what happens. Um, so anyway, hey, uh, if you just joined us back in football season, we've obviously had some changes here on the show. Aaron was just talking about we, we have a nice new look. He, he and Casey were able to debut that yesterday. And my guess is we're having a little bit of issues just because we're doing a show from the road. Um, and so we're, we're trying to get through some of that. Um, but that's okay. It'll be up and running and, and all good. I think the it's good look, now. I think we got it licked right. At good, good. The look looks good, uh, which I like. Um, and uh, so good work on that. And if you haven't jumped in the show periodically, because we've kind of been in and out uh, for the last couple of months and between vacations and other things, uh, that is the voice of Aaron Schachter, along with myself, uh, Brent Martineau, and Casey Kurtz. And people have asked, it, okay, what's going on with the show? What's going on with the show? And Aaron's going to join us on the show. And you know Aaron from uh, the Eagle in the morning, and he's pulling some double duty talking sports. Having fun and with the boys. So I think this is like a thing. Like, I don't know if this is like a formal introduction, but I don't know if we we're ever going to have a formal introduction. It says formal we as we get, slid, Yeah, we just slid you in. And so uh, Aaron's really passionate about our ESPN 690 brand, where we're headed. Uh, he was a believer that it was going to last more than 8 to 18 months, <laughs> unlike me. Um, and here we are like three and a half years in. So... Uh, him and Casey have done really a lot of good work and, and uh, shaping it into ESPN 690 2.0 because there's nothing up. The reboot. What other, like way, other things can we do? The um, next generation. Yeah, so we'll, we'll continue to unveil some new things, and we have some other plans we're trying to solidify. And obviously in our world, we like to have a lot of these things uh, are ready to roll through camp and, and as we head into the most important time of the year, the busiest time of year, and the most, uh, you know, listen to time of the year and that is football season and uh, that is on the horizon so welcome aboard aaron schachter 
Uh, thanks for uh, taking some time for us. The only bad thing about you is, is uh, we're a good radio guy. Uh, you're passionate about the brand. You know a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. You're going to help us launch some cool ideas and other things, too, so it'll be more fun stuff. The only bad thing we have to say about you, I think, because I don't even know if I know you that well, but is this you're a Jets fan. I am a Jets fan, and it's not the only bad thing you could say about me, but it's one probably of them, not. for sure. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's one of them, for sure. But, you know, Brent, I think being a Jets fan gives me um, a very similar worldview on the world of football as maybe, you know, Jags fans who might be listening. Well, I think is exact. I, I believe that to be the case. I've said this countless times. I think the Houston Texans are in this conversation, but I really think this is the Jags and the Jets conversation. And over the years, we've done this in the past. You know, the Titans were terrible for a long time. In fact, the Titans, before they kind of turned around under Mike Vrabel, and Mike Malarkey actually helped start that a little bit. Before they did that, they and, like, the Rams had an even worse record than the Jacksonville Jaguars in, like, the previous decade. So I think you got to go to, like, 2006 to 16 or 5 to 15 or something like that. They actually had a worse record than the Jacks yeah. over this decade stretch. The old and oil so, slick heading up oh, the uh, football team at that point. <laughs> over time, though, I would try to compare like okay the rams let's see where they go from here they've got top picks and they're spending money and they've got new regimes and the titans and well the titans have surpassed the rams have won a super bowl and the jags had a one-year wonder thing and that was it and so now the next rendition of that is really the jets and the jags and i think to a degree maybe the chicago bears because they, too, have the young quarterback in a rebuilding mode. and Although I think they started off with probably a better roster than both the Jets and the Jags. But don't you think they're in a worse place now? They might be. Yeah. They might be. Yeah, like, I don't think they have moved. They might have started from a better spot, and they now might be in a third-best position. Yeah, they've definitely dismantled most of the tools they had on that team. So, I, I went, long story short here is, I think the parallel between your team, the Jets, and everybody else's team around here, the Jags, and not say you don't like the Jags, uh, I think is, is a phenomenal. And I think it's one that will play out here in 2022. And I think it will play out probably for the next, let's give it through 2024. Basically the rookie deals of uh, both these young quarterbacks. And I think that's what we're getting. And how will that play out? As a Jets fan, how do you feel about your team? I mean, hope springs eternal in the offseason, doesn't it? Like, after the draft that the Jets had and was widely critically acclaimed as one of the better drafts in the NFL, it's hard not to get excited as a Jets fan after so much sports depression. Holy smokes, they really love to serve it up thick over in the green and white when it comes to letting the fan base down. But, um, you know, you hope they turn it around. There are a couple of key parts there where you go, am I, am I eating hype? Or is this real? You know, when you're looking at the Jets, it's on defense. Is this still one of the worst defenses in the league? Or is this something that can get started? For the Jags, I think it's that wide receiver room. You guys were talking about it yesterday. Do you got a guy in that mix? Because if not, it's going to be tough for Trevor to really take that step forward. And without Trevor taking the step forward, you got to wonder how, how well the Jags fare versus Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson, I think, could be a game manager on the Jets. He won't be, but I think he could be. And the Jets would be fine if these other players stepped up. I'm not sure you get the same outcome on the Jags if Trevor doesn't turn into a generational quarterback. So we feel good about Trevor. The league feels good about Trevor. Yeah, everyone seems to, yeah. Jersey sales are up for Zach Wilson, but that's just because... He's, he's got uh, adventures going on outside. Watch your moms. <laughs> as, 
<laughs> I think that's a, the shirt Casey was making. Um, but how do you feel as a quarterback? He had some good moments last year, including some sold. good moments against the Jags. And down the stretch, too. Yeah, which is good. That's when you kind of want it. At least there's some growth there. Yes, but it wasn't substantial. It was over a couple of games, and it was without his, you know, his good personnel. I think he was dealing with his fourth, fifth, and sixth receivers with everyone out with injuries. So, you know, you tell yourselves all these things, and I'm sure, Jags fan, you've done it a bunch of times over the last couple of years. You tell, the, you tell yourself these things to make it make sense, right? Like, how am I going to go spend more money on tickets this year? How am I going to go buy another jersey? How am I going to support a franchise? Well, you do it because they give you hope. Right, and that's what I think the Jets are at least giving me right now. So I'm on board, J E T S Jets, 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 but cautious optimism from me on that one. Well, it's an interesting point. I said this to some people out at uh, camp today, and I actually said it yesterday because you get this question all over town, right? Everybody's like, "Hey, how do you feel about the Jags?" Just said, uh, I just talked to somebody. They're like, uh, "Yeah, how do you feel about the Jags, right? What do you think about the Jags?" And of course, I'm a positive guy in town. I could, I see this roster better. I've said it countless times. I am concerned about the gap between them and the rest of the league because the rest of the league is getting so good, especially in the AFC. Fortunately enough, the AFC South is not really in that conversation as much as other divisions, so that gives the Jaguars some hope. But you just said, like, a cautious optimism. I think people use that term a lot when thinking about their team. This is a time to get excited about your football team, about your team in the NFL, whoever you root for, because there's no wins, no losses, there's no real injuries, hopefully yet. And so you can see the... The, the good things that could happen, what it could be about your football team. I also believe in this town, for the first time probably since I've been here, and, and maybe this isn't exactly true first time, but it feels like everybody's on the same page. I feel like people down at Jags headquarters are, they know the situation. They know they haven't been good. And that's like the business side. That's other side. They know where they're at and where they need to go and what they need to do and why it's tough sometimes, maybe from a ticket or sponsorship standpoint, here in Jacksonville at the current moment uh, than maybe it was coming off the 2017 season. I also think this football team has acknowledged it was a mess last year. Everybody. There's healing that needs to go on, says Doug Peterson. It's professional, at least, and he talks to us like grown men, says Josh Allen today, instead of Urban Meyer. Trevor Lawrence says, this thing's on me. I'm the guy. I've got to play well. So the acknowledgement of, hey, we think we can be pretty good, but we got to go prove that we can be good. And then the last part of that is the fans. And the fans, I can tell, there is not the, let's go, we're going to win 10 games, we're going to win the AFC <laughs> South. some like, of that. There's no, there's not, there's not a lot of it, I've though. I've seen a little bit on Twitter, but okay. Very little, very little. There's not a lot of that. And <laughs> i got to love those guys, though. But and that's okay. Like, and that's really, honestly, that's where you want it to be. Like, you want that. You want to be able to say that. But I think even the fan base, they know they've been burned a lot. They've, they've endured a lot. And they've, they've been very patient at times. Uh, and, they're man, they're good fans, right? Everybody knows that. They're good fans. And they're going to come out of the woodwork in droves if they, if they can win. We saw that in 17. But I do think they are, to your point, cautiously optimistic. And even more so, I would say, wait and see. They don't have to show up at training camp because they're not allowed. So we don't need to see if there are big crowds or not and judge the, the, the buzz on that. Well, I think this city, this fan base is really looking at September and say, can you please just give me something to grab onto? I'm not going to grab onto a lot from the Pro Football Hall of, game, uh, Hall of Fame game. I'm not going to fall in the trap of getting excited about a drive in the preseason against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I want to see it. 
I want to see a W. I want to see 24, 27, 30 points on the board. I want to see this young quarterback play well. I want to see our stars be able to compete with other stars in the league. I want to see Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker get after the quarterback. I want Shaq Griffin and Tyson Campbell to intercept a pass or two. I want big plays to jump out at me on my TV when I'm watching on the couch or when I'm at the game. So I think that is very across the board, and everybody is on the same page. I think everybody involved with the Jags organization is like, we know where we're at. This is this is not a false promise. This is not false hope. This is we're wait and see, and it's let's see if they can get it done. I'm not sure that is the case in, in New York. It's been a long drought for the Jets. Really long. Um, and so maybe that happened five years ago. Maybe that happened two years ago. Or maybe that currently is still happening. I don't know that, but I really feel like it's a different feel here in town it, compared to my other 14 years going into training camp, and I feel that from the fan base. I'll say this. Uh, the feeling I get is that if Zach Wilson doesn't work out, the Jets fan base feels like Robert Sala might be gone. Joe Douglas is definitely gone as far as the GM and the head coach go. I think outside of that, there isn't much hung on Zach Wilson outside of the connections there. If it doesn't work out, Jets are used to picking high. It'll be what is it, the 10th quarterback in the last you know, six or seven years. For the Jaguars, though, it seems a little more dire than that. And the good news is that you have all these other pieces that are exciting that you get to see hit the field, like Travis Etienne and Evan Ingram. And you definitely see the guys in the chat really excited about that as well. So it's great to see the fans getting pumped up about the new players, the new key pieces there on the team, all the toys that Trevor gets to play with now. Yeah, I agree. And and listen, uh, that doesn't mean you can't be positive about the team. I think it's a positive wait-and-see approach because there's things I can talk myself into a lot <laughs> with this roster. Like, I think I like the roster. I mean, I talked to Evan Ingram today. got me excited. I watched him in practice. He was ex- excitable first couple of days. Trevor looks good. There are playmakers there. The one-two punch of ETN and Robinson, if healthy, could be really good. One of the better backfields possibly. This defense is going to be better. It is going to be better. How good, I don't know, but it's going to be better. So, like, seriously, I can talk myself into all those things. And I've done it in the past, and I've looked like a fool. But I think we're all on the same page. It's like, hey, it's okay to mention those things. But we're in wait-and-see mode here in Jacksonville. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. One production. Two, just when you talk to people around the league, his former coaches, how smart and how detailed he was. And we always want a guy that stands in front of the huddle that's a natural leader. And, you know, you can put him in, you can put anybody in front of the huddle, but if they're not that leader, the guys aren't going to really follow them. But he's a guy that throughout his career, he's been that one that you look to or teams have looked to. And once he got here, you, you just saw it. Uh, he stepped in front of the huddle, commanded it. He communicates well, so, you know, we're happy. That is Mike Caldwell, the uh, defensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I call him, like, the mysterious man. There's really nothing to do with him. I don't know him very well. But he's got a mysterious side of the ball. Like, I, I'm still – it really does fascinate me what this defense could look like. I think we get enthralled with offense, and we should. Uh, Doug Peterson brings that, uh, again, guys like Ingram and Lawrence and ETN. There's plenty of reasons to be excited about the offense. And, and, and at the end of the day, we'll be more excited about the offense. But 
Uh, what this defense might do, I think, is it carries a lot of intrigue. There's two bottom lines, well, three bottom lines. Can they stop the run? Can they get more sacks? Can they get more turnovers? It's as simple as that. Like, who cares what that rest looks like? <laughs> it's as simple as that. Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Aaron, there's one answer I need before the first hour of the show is done. <laughs> okay. Is Casey out of the weeds? Yeah, Casey is Casey is ready to field your questions with a rosy disposition and a good <laughs> attitude. <laughs> he was in such a good mood yesterday, too. And then uh, <laughs> I thought so. I was texting him the whole day. Not only was I texting him the whole day, but Brent, you know, I love you guys, and I love this show, and I love this station. So I'm up late last night doing some work. I'm texting Casey at like 11.15 at night, 11.30, some feedback on the video and some other stuff from his show. He's got a wonderful show after this show called Action Sports Jacks Overtime. And this dude turns to me on text and he goes, can you stop texting me about work? I'm playing video games. <laughs> like, all right. You need to turn it off. He had to be off. Don't mind like me. It. By the way, I like that, Aaron. Feel free. You can text me anytime. All right, great. Um, <laughs> Casey, I just, I need one thing. Not if you're in a good mood. I'm not back there. I don't care if you're in a good mood. But <laughs> yeah, just leave it for the rest of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and, uh, nice headband I think I saw. Um, I love the headbands. I, I thought of you, actually. I might get you a headband. I, I think I might do this. Um, I'll surprise you. So maybe that would cheer you up. Do you like Disney or not? Yeah. Well, are yeah, you a Disney you. guy? Really? Yeah, we just went there I, on Friday. I told you, Kate. What? I told you, Aaron. I told you. I knew he'd fool us. What? Yeah. It's insanity. Yeah, I like Disney. It's like Ted Kaczynski being a fan of hugs. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? <laughs> All right. Look it up. Look it up, young man. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski, huh? All I right. love. Hey, here's a great example, right? So yesterday, Casey, what did you tell me yesterday? Like, what was, like, the, the pop culture thing? And then Delphonic, like, knew the line. You guys were on oh, the same page. Um, P.O.P., hold it down. Mama, I yeah, love you. So then yeah. you sent it to me. And honestly, I, I was driving, so I Shocker. didn't get a chance to look at it yet. Shocker. Right? So you sent me the exchange. I, got, I will. I will look at it. But so it's just funny, like, that thing. I had no idea what they were talking about. And then you get to this conversation, what you just said, Aaron, and he has no idea what you're talking about or what we're talking about. We're not always on the same page, people. You're just happy to have the old guy references back. I get it. I get off my lawn. <laughs> I like those references. I get Brent it. Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Hey, guys, is, is for you guys, Casey and Aaron, is there a mystery at all that of why Miles Jack is not here? Uh, because he looked like he would be a big part of this organization for years and years to come. Um, or did people just like, yeah, see you, Miles? Like, how, how do you guys view the temperature on that? I thought at first people were pretty upset about it and confused, really. Casey? Uh, like, you asking me now or when it first happened? Well, just overall, like, I feel like we've... Out of sight, like out of mind is the it answer. It feels like Miles has been gone for, like, three years. Right. It feels like they covered their tracks a little bit, for sure. Yeah, but they drafted well at linebacker. They signed a Lewican. So, to me, it's out of sight, out of mind. Like, he wasn't down that one time, and then, you know, here we are. He pushed for the Steelers. That one time where Miles Jack wasn't down, and then everything moved on. I mean, well, honestly, listen, I haven't thought about him since. Like, since they well, added – if they didn't draft these guys, if they didn't draft Lloyd, and they didn't sign a Lewican, then, yeah, we'd be like, bro, where's Miles? Yeah. But yeah. they did all these things, and now I'm like – you know, I like Miles. I have a Miles jersey at the house, right? I haven't looked yeah. at it. It's with my Sam Darnold jersey, right? So, 
and it's company. okay. But yeah, out of sight, out of mind, to be honest. I wish well, it was that's, best, in- that's interesting you say it like that because I think, I, I think the rest of the fan base is kind of like that. But here's where it surprises me. Well, I can tell you a guy that's not like that. We still talk about guys like Calais Campbell and, and Jalen Ramsey, even though they're gone. Especially Jalen, well, given J- his skill set. Yeah, yeah. Ramsey might be one eight. of the best of all time, or certainly of this uh, of this moment in, in the but, league. But Calais was yeah. one of these guys who really embraced the city. I think that's why people miss him so much. Well, and he was very productive. The difference now is, like, are you going to get that same Calais because of his age? Like, if, if he was seven years younger, we'd still be complaining that Calais isn't here. But So it's a little different in that regard. But my point being is, like, are, other than his, was Miles Jack down, are we going to talk about him? And this is a guy that's a good football player. He's, I, th- I was very high on him, and I think they got a steal in the second round. He never hurt them from an injury standpoint, so they, it's, they didn't miss on that. And he gave them significant plays during that 17 run. He gave them some other significant plays, but never really got it going to the point where, like, you felt like you couldn't win games without him or you couldn't step on the field without him. And I think he's very interesting in that regard. And the reason I bring it up is you guys, I, I get it, Muma to a really a lesser degree, but Devin Lloyd, that feels like a really good pick. Jumping back in the first round, everybody loves that aggression, and Devin Lloyd, I think he's going to be really good. I get it. I think we know less about Foyer Aluakin, to be honest with you, for a guy who was brought in for about, what, like 15 mil a year? Now, we know he's a tackling machine, but he was kind of like an underrated guy. He wasn't an everyday guy in Atlanta. But today, when Mike Caldwell talks about the smarts, the attention to detail, the ability to stand in front of a room from a leadership standpoint, that's the one that got me. And I was like, I wonder if Miles didn't do that great. Miles, I think, had a lot of great qualities. But was he more of a follower than a leader? Were they really good in 17 because Paul Puzlesny was still a part of it? And he could get up in front of the huddle or the sideline or the locker room and talk for the linebacker group. I'm not sure Miles ever did that, at least to the degree they wanted it, and especially Mike Caldwell would want it in his defense. And so I think today, that little moment when he was talking about Aluakin in his news conference, it really brought me back to Miles and said, maybe this is why he isn't here anymore. Because he's a gifted player and gifted athlete. You would think a coach like Caldwell could get a lot out of him. Oh, yeah. But they certainly have replaced him and revamped him. And I kind of like what they've done, to be honest with you. I like Miles a lot. I don't know as from a on-the-football-field standpoint that Jags will miss him very much. And I don't know if I would have said that a year or two ago. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from the playoffs at the Coastal Collegiate Baseball League at Atlantic Coast High School. Hey, hey.